Okay, cool. All right. So, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, this is episode seven of the very unofficial Logistics Planners podcast. I'm, uh, of course, Gonzo, and I'm joined by the one and only, and I'm, I really want to know what he's going to say about his name. Go. Who you else? know what? Today, I'm just going to be Keith. <laughs> that's that's seven different names in seven different episodes um so so yeah so hey uh uh everybody welcome back i hope everybody enjoyed episode number six as much as bracely and i did recording it uh so today we have a very special person we have a a, a first for the very unofficial logistics planners podcast we have our first retired planner uh, with a lot of experience, who's actually now back uh, helping the family out yes. in, a, in a civilian role. So, all right. So, ma'am, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, I, as Cynthia Schaff, I'm retired senior master sergeant. Um, so, I started my career in 1994 as a traffic management. Um, and then I, 2002, and I started in Mountain Home. And from there um, was Kunsan, Charleston, Kunsan, Charleston, Osan, and a few deployments in between there and then finished up in Arizona. And I retired out of 12th Air Force. Um, I retired in 2014. And so from there, I've been out of the career field for about five years. I did work for the Forest Service. I was a business office manager, so it was kind of like CSS work if you for military terms. And then I did post office work. And then from there, I was a p program assistant for education for the Division of Youth Corrections. You know, the kids that got locked up. That was yeah. fun. And then I also worked for uh, as an executive assistant for a consulting company in the cannabis industry. Whoa. And so, yeah. Oh, nice. So I've had a lot of different experience in outside world. And let me tell you, the civilian world wasn't all it was cracked up to be. So, and you don't get paid what you're kind of worth and what you kind of got trained to do. So I was like, if I'm going to come back, I'm coming back to the family that I love. So I came back to the Air Force. So I started back in 2019. I got the job as the assistant IDO at Shreveport. So that's where I've been since March of last year. Wow, that's awesome. So uh, were you uh, in the same, or did you uh, hold the same position as Bracely does right now that, hey, when it's time to retire, that's it. I'm hanging them up and moving on to, you know, to my second life. Yes. How were you I was when it like, was time I didn't want to do nothing with log plans. I didn't want to do nothing with the military. I wanted a break. I wanted to chill we even just we moved to grand junction colorado we weren't even around a base and my me and my husband were like isn't it weird not seeing any uniforms and he were we were like this is kind of but then when you come to we went to like a retirement ceremony and we were like around the uniforms and we were like oh this is weird this is really weird so <laughs> so a question i a question is there so what made you say you didn't want to like when you had, when you initially left it, left left uniform? What gave you that that mentality or that that vision to uh, basically 
basically saying, um, you don't want to see this anymore. Like, you, it was good. I think, you know, you kind of get a little burnt out. You, Especially when you become a senior, you have a lot of responsibility. You care about, I mean, you have a lot of care for your people, right? Right. And then you have a lot of their responsibilities. Like, you want to make sure that their fitness level, that their training's done, that they're not spending their government purchase card like they're supposed to. You know, you have, you're so invested in so many people that you're carrying that load with you all the time. So, like, when you keep that with you, when you you think that when you're a civilian, if you take off your uniform, you feel like you're going to be that same way because you're in the same kind of organization. So you kind of think you're not going to leave that behind. Um, So I guess taking the five-year break and then coming back as a civilian... I mean, we have we have enlisted office, and I feel like I can still take on that same responsibility of mentoring them and doing things with them and giving them feedback and mentoring them. But I don't have that same responsibility of whether or not the direct supervision. Does that make sense? Yep. And I and I've learned a lot over the time because I've read stuff and I've done training and stuff that sometimes you own their own responsibility in what they're doing too. Right. So you kind of learn a different perspective being out of it too. So, um, okay. So I'll go ahead and ask you like we do all the guests, right? You have uh, your hands down the most, experienced person that we've had on this show now so based on your experience as active duty and now your year on the job uh, as the assistant IDO in your own words what does it mean to be a planner okay so planner to me are we really planners or is that just a task that we do within our job I'm about to start putting sound effects you see, when people start dropping, like some really good. Oh, boy. Do, you want, do you want my short, my short version, or do you want my long version? We want your honest. We we want the honest. Okay, so I really think we need to be redefined as military logistics business consultants slash client managers, because our expertise is sought okay. out to build critical relationships to ensure integration of essential resources, distribution, achievement is appropriately through all phases of planning and execution to support global military operations in line with national defense strategy, which are essentially business transactions. They just are not dollar transactions in the, like the business world. Okay, so I, I like that. I like that response. And so, so here's what I'll ask. At the end of the day, in your opinion, does it matter which one of those we put first? And here's what I'll ask. Does it matter if we are planners first who just so happen to be experts in networking and business transactions in the example you gave or whether or not we're 
the opposite where, you know, networking, networking consultants, business planners, or, you know, consultants first, and just so happen to be experts in, the, in planning. Yes. In sense. the big world, when you transition out to the corporate, do you not want a title that is equitable? The same? We, I, I would say, okay, well, yes. so I mean, definitely in the civilian sector. So here, here yeah. you go. And yeah. I broke this out. Okay. So, Unice thing, she, right? Every great visionary has an urge to do something that may, will make the world a better place. We do that too as planners, right? But if you look at business yes. consultants, we organize and execute assigned business projects on behalf of clients. And most of our clients are our UDMs, our commanders, our supported commanders, right? And part of that is planning yes. with, for those guys. And we market strategies for them and we give them business strategies for their readiness with endurers and art and human resource prioritization and sourcing and analysts, you know, analytics for that. So consulting is more, has all of those things entitled with entities versus just planning. Planning is just one piece. We do a lot more than just that one piece. Got, oh, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. And just and for the audience, uh, let me just uh, clarify what, what I mean by planner, right? So uh, my boss, RCFM, Robert Griffith, uh, stated when he first took over the, uh, as our CFM last year that, hey, I want to get out of calling ourselves loggies. He wants us to call ourselves planners. So I'm using that term okay. interchangeably. So when I say planner, I, I'm using it as a two to describe a two GOX one, not necessarily just that particular portion of our yeah. uh, core competencies. So I just wanted, I, I should have clarified that um, earlier, uh, but anyways, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. No, Gracie, I, what do you think? I do. I'm, I'm over here looking for sound effects to drop, you know, cause you dropped some, <laughs> and I really do think like within that our like degree should be business administration degree so that it could be more in project management and project development and all data and analytic mm -hmm. that because that's what we kind of do versus you know just transportation and supply and we can get credits in those but if we're really marketing our marketing ourselves we need to market ourselves better is what i believe so, that's my belief definitely. we got we can also throw the, throw the negotiator piece in there too so whatever yes whatever certification or training because you have finance yeah. contracting all of those pieces we have a piece in some way somehow because yeah. you have like support agreements you yeah. have the bsp all of that pieces all those pieces fit into like a consulting piece it's i i like that you uh, and and you and i uh, have had the conversation offline uh, 
leading up to, you know, to, to tonight about customer service, right? And I definitely want to get into that. Um, but first, uh, one of the things that I've seen, and I see it a lot on the log, the, you know, our Facebook page or whatnot, but people like to say, hey, what we do is magic. Or don't ask me how I did it, just know that it's done. And I'm like, okay, I like people that say that. Um, I'm going to come off like an ass. But I think it's I think cute. it's saying it's about us and it's not that. just about us. What it makes me feel like. about, it, it, it it does. And so for me, as who I have a very customer service belief for our career field, if I were to go to somebody who just did a magic trick and I'm like, oh wow, how'd you do that? And they're they tell me, oh, don't worry about it, just know it gets done. I'm like, oh kick rocks, brother. You know, cool. You entertained me for that one piece, but I want to pull back the curtain and I want to know how it's done. You want to do a Wizard of Oz, you know, Toto come pull the curtain back and see see the guy talking on the megaphone. Yeah, correct, correct. So I, so, so, so when we say this is just my belief, right? When we say, "Hey, it's magic," or we do a little magic coin or the little patches, that's not really what we need to be selling. When it, especially, you know, from 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 you, man, and Brace, you guys talking about marketing. We need to be able to go and sell our product and then be able to sell it and then talk down. I don't want to say talk down, but talk to our customers and be able to, to give them just the basics of our product, what it is, what, what's the benefit to them, and then what's the repercussions of them not going with us, right? And uh, I don't have a – I have a social science uh, background. I am not a business guy by any means, um, but uh, – but yeah, so that's just my rant on that. Uh, uh, so, okay. So we see how we transition here. So, ma'am, you covered two things uh, in your in your opening uh, uh, statement there. You talked, uh, I think you covered, in my opinion, training, right? And developing our planners, but then also helping our customers. So that's two different pieces. I think, yep. uh, I don't know if you'd agree, part of what we're talking about is developing the 2GOX1 internally, to, su- to support ourselves and our core competencies. And then the second part would be develop- developing us yep. to support our customers. So so talk to me a little bit about that, about your time and your experience with, uh, let's go with the first, developing okay, so internally. Right now, you know, COVID, we're trying to flattening the curve, right? But what we think about increasing our rate of return to max our most important investment, which is our human resource, right? My life motto is in your time in others, the more you'll receive, you'll get in your return, right? It's been an approach that I've, my career, that continues to serve me well, Um, where I've had to stay late just to sit and work with someone to train them. Yes, it may have, I had to sit two or three hours later to finish something else that I had to get done, but I knew that if I sat with them and got them trained on it, that it would, they would be able to do their job the next day or however many days later down the road. And that way I wouldn't have to continuously follow up with them to see where they were at on it. Or we actually even, um, Chief Alexander, one of my favorite mentors of my career, awesome awesome he was a senior in charleston with us but he's made chief but and he's retired now in san antonio but he actually we told him 
we are having a problem because we had all these three levels and I'm like, we don't have time to just sit down and train them. He's like, well, what if we make time? And I was like, if you make time, I will, we'll scrub the CFETP. We'll figure out where all the holes are and a training plan on every, I don't know if it was every Wednesday or every other Wednesday, we would shut down for half a day and we would determine if you were, if someone was signed off on something and where they were able to train, that's what they would train. And if it was, we would all be required to be there. And that was the expectation. And yes, it kind of hurt our customers because we weren't there for them for that half that day. Or if someone was signed area and they didn't need to be trained, that was the one person that stayed behind to answer the questions and take care of business. But we invested our time in our people to make sure they were trained and ready to do that. And what our customers, one, we, we took the time away from work, yes, to put in our investment to our people. And then our customers, yes, we told them we weren't going to be there, but they was an investment in them. So we had a better rate of return. And we've got our people trained a lot quicker than, you know, trying to get it done here or there or signed off whenever we could get somebody over, you know, from a deployment or whenever. Um, wait, wait. Um, so that's kind of how we did it. Just we would just have a schedule and make sure that we did that. And then those tasks that not everybody needed training on then, of course, the supervisor would be responsible to make sure that would get done, but that'd be one or two things. And if they couldn't, they would always, of course, coordinate with somebody else that could get it done. And, and, and to me, I think what, what you said as far as uh, selecting a day um, out of the week and maybe was it was weekly or, or once a month, but you, you basically, you took time, to me, you took time to show you actually cared about developing the business. Um, we used to do that when I was at a previous baseball. We shut down every Tuesday at three, and we and we basically went. Uh, we, we used the um, the Wings Master Training Plan, not the CFPBT, but the Wings Master Training Plan. And basically, I, I would I, I expound on that. So, from my understanding, and I say, well, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, our Master Training Plan was basically um, we took the task uh, from the CFPBT and basically create that WINGS master training plan based off of the WINGS mission. So the priority training that needs to happen to accomplish the WINGS mission. And then the secondary things, of course, the things that needed to get members uh, signed off on the upgrade. And basically we took that MTP and we designed a monthly training plan, a monthly training schedule. And we had individuals that were certified off on those, on those tasks, teach those lessons so that we can, we can one, accomplish upgrade training for those who need it, needed it, and two, Kept that, kept that, you know, that growth mentality um, going within the work center. So I think, I think finding the time, finding the time and managing time is very important because I would tell you to take away, you know, take yourself, you know, with the wars and decorations and stuff. You need to sit down and you just drop your bullets or you know collect data and take care of yourself. But at the same time, you know, what's so hard about us to develop our subordinates <laughs> and uh, you know put a mask on while we're doing podcasts? So we don't get sick over there, uh, Gonzo coughing in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so, hey, so, so, 
okay, what you guys are saying makes sense, and I love it. And I'm going to take the That's I'm going to be the uh, instigator in this, right? And of course, I have it. I have an agenda as the functional, and so I'm going to implement my uh, my agenda here. So none of what either of you said shouldn't be happening. I mean, it's training, right? At the end of the day, we need to do it. So, and this is a rhetorical question you don't have to answer, but if I were to take a look at our, at our uh, career field education and training plan right now, and I look at our core competencies, is training log planners listed as one of those core competencies? And the answer is no, right? In my opinion, and I'll take this position. I don't want to say it's my opinion. I'll take this position though. Do you think any of our customers care whether or not our log planners have a proper training program at wing, let's just say Schriever. No, what they care is that whatever it says, whatever our career field leaders have said that our log planners need to be able to deliver that they can do that. Right? So here's where I'm going with this. For thousands of years, I say thousands of years for, for a long time. Human beings have figured out how to take knowledge, experience, and data and provide it to people who want it and who need it. How is it in 2020, we as a logistics plans family haven't figured out how to do the same? And I'll give you an example. Ma'am, you talked about having to, uh, and I'll say shut down because that's what it was, having to shut down your team's delivery of a product to your customers every Wednesday, every Thursday for a whole day, half day, whatever it was, right? So that you can train and develop your people. And Bracely, you talked about it too. Hey, I've had to shut down. We've had to say, hey, we're going to set this time aside and we're going to make sure that our people are trained and developed. Man, that's awesome. Again, it's 2020. Why the hell do I got to shut down my operations to make sure somebody's trained? Why haven't we and when I say we, I'm talking our family, the logistics plans family, not AETC, not the war center, not any of that, haven't come up and said, hey, maybe we need to create oh, yeah. a log plans university. How, how nice would it be if me, Bracely, you and I, and man, you as a retired senior master sergeant, when I got to base X and I just PCS from base Y, I didn't have to worry about whether or not my training program was legit or whether I had people to train to the different levels of, you know, people who are auditory, verbal, uh, tactile learners and, and so forth, right? What if there was something in place so that every single log planner, regardless of what base you were at, regardless of your rank, let's just say in the first three years or five years of their career, got trained exactly what our core competencies say that we need to know how to do. But in my opinion, more importantly, being trained by somebody who themselves have been trained in how to teach. Yeah. And that's what Why can't I was, was going to bring up. Like we should have like an FTD staff or something that you could do that with, you know, um, even like I was, I thought it was chief Griffith brought it up where he's like, they're doing a DCC thing at the schoolhouse. You want to know when you went through your three level, did you have somebody come do um, a feedback with you and say, how did your three, three level go? And did you get, did you get, get to provide any feedback on your three level course? We, I mean, we, had, we had to do a survey. That was, that was about it. Like, did you? Know, you? Yeah. We had to do a, like, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I did. Oh, at tech school. Uh, Yeah, we did. I think we should have had like some DCC exercises or something. And this was in 2002. It took till 2020 to see something like that. So, so, okay. (laughs) I can see the corn. I can see the corn. I can see both sides of the corn. But the reason why I, I personally feel like because corporations do it too. Don't don't get it twisted. Corporations do. They they do. They have their development. They, they have their development days where they strategically have a plan out in the calendar where they do development days. So yeah, okay, we can do a lot of things university. But at the end of the day, one of the things that we talk about that they talk about, especially in our uh, PGs, if, we, if people still look at them, or even in leadership, is is traits of traits of a leader. And you know what better way to to develop credibility outside of just doing work. Uh, just doing a day-to-day grind of work uh, where you, you create trust, credibility, and charisma when you are the person in charge and you want, you're one of supervisors and you can, you can sit back and you can, you can uh, lead those training sessions, you know, occasionally, those professional sessions, occasionally, you know, uh, because I think that from a boss standpoint, from a, if I'm a supervisor, I don't want, I, I want my people to be able to trust that I know how to do everything I'm telling them to do. And the best yeah. way Sometimes the best way to do that is uh, to, to teach, but sometimes you may have to teach in a group because you, you, do, you don't have the time to do individualized or, or customized training for individuals because you do have operations. So, so okay. I well, think it, you it, still have it, the time to have that credibility because when you get there, you, you still have to show them your program and you still have to give them the turnover and teach them what's going on with whatever's going, whatever is happening with that support agreement or with that UDM program or with that unit or that deployment, you're still going to have that hands-on and credibility to give them that. But at least they have the nuts and bolts to have that understanding of what you're explaining to them. It's, and and I think that's where I was going at with both of you, you know, when I mentioned earlier, this hypothetical BS that I'm talking about here is it's that it's legit. It's legit that we probably need to be looking at doing. And so, uh, um, and, and yeah, I really think we need to do it because here's why I'm, and don't, and don't get me wrong. I love being a supervisor. I, I don't, I'm like Barkley. I'm like Barkley. I don't think I'm a role model, right? By any means, I'll never try to sell myself like that, but I'm very, very customer focused and I'm very mission focused, right? And, and, it, and it's to a fault, but anything, if, when it talks about credibility, again, if I go to the the ops and maintenance group commanders, they don't give two shits whether or not my log planners or my, or I'm trained. They want to know what it is that we say we can do. Can we do it? So, we know that our wings are task saturated. We know that, and we'll get into this talk a little bit too, because <laughs> you guys got to it before uh, the recording started about, hey, we have log planners that maybe we have log planners of certain wings that are doing jobs outside of our core competencies for whatever reason, right? If we mm-hmm. know that, we need to look at, number one, how do we support our customers better and make our log planners lethal? And two, how do we take some of the just workload off of our wings I mean, God bless. If I could give somebody a standardized training plan so that all you have to do as a, as a supervisor is know the training plan, know how to teach it, know how to develop it, that's, that's step number one. But that's, that's cool. that was cool 10 years ago. That's not good enough anymore. 
Now I want to be able to give an entire platform the same way, Bracely, and ma'am, I'm, I'm sure you went to school as well. The same way we get our undergrad and grad degrees. Why can't we do that for our log planners? I mean, it, it's there. The, the, the platform is there. We should be able to do it. We have other AFSCs who have people that are doing online training. This is not some bullshit CBT. No, I'm there with a the professor. Yeah, the has CBT do it. was um, – even I did the UDM CBT when I came back just this last year. And let me tell you, just click, 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 click. And, click. You're, and I didn't really get anything out of it. And it, then I sat through our UDM training, and I was like, you guys aren't telling me my job. And right. this is not good enough. Right. This is yeah. not good enough training. Right. I expect a UDM go out and do their job. Oh my goodness! Oh, um, oh, okay. I, I, I'm not even gonna get on that. So, <laughs> no, but we, we, but but we will, and we need to. But, but, but again, UDM training, please. But we, and so and so, ma'am, and I don't know if you've heard the the Chief Griffith podcast yet, but yes. we are working towards that. So we are working towards number one standardizing the training, right? And that's a beautiful thing that needs to be done. In Gonzo's opinion, hey, cool, two thousand one. Thank you for catching up with me, right? We need to take it a step further, and we'll get there, and we will get there. But we're also look uh, hy- hypothetically. How awesome would it be if we had some sort of abbreviated uh, instructor course, right? Not the the whole intense instructor course that our tech school instructors go to, but imagine if we could identify one position on the UMD and say, hey, this position on the UMD, you know, we have SEIs for, you know, war planners, SEIs for DCAPES operators. What if this SEI was the person or persons that went to or had somebody come to them to do a modified instructor course. So they were the one person in the plans and integration shop who was trained in how to teach, trained in how to develop a lesson plan. And then they were responsible for teaching the rest of the shop. Oh, and by the way, what if we had one centralized location at a headquarters where all of the feedback from the people that that person had to teach sent their surveys back to so that it wasn't getting hit at the wing. So we weren't figuring out that Techstar and -and so-and-so is the wing IDRC trainer guru, but in reality, he's sending airmen such and such out there to do it, right? And so to me, those are the things we need to start asking ourselves. Even though we may be behind on the ball when it comes to training, we it's not good enough just to play catch-up anymore. Um, anyways, sorry for my log rant. Well, go is the core of any of our programs. If we are not training, one, our internal staff, we are, can't train our UDMs, so then nothing is getting communicated or completed correctly, right? The other piece, so yeah. crap in, crap out, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. But, 100%. So but the other way back in the day, 2003, I went to a classroom instructor course. When I was a log planner, they had it at um, Diet. Where did that course go to? It was like a three-day training that we went to. Budget cuts. Yeah. So bring it back. (laughs) 
Bracely needs a TDY to Florida. Man, we can't pay for that. That's... <laughs> is he going to be able to go? Because is it going to get validated? Yeah, yeah. to that guy that you mentioned, like you, you, you know, when you mentioned maintenance, the cool, the cool thing is, cool thing I like about maintenance is that like those guys got to stay with, with like I, I'm gonna use C130s for perspective for 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 example, like the load masters and 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 those and the, the um, ops guys and the pilots have to stay. They have to get their hours right annually. They have to what they call a check ride and whatever else you know. The assisted, the low mass side, do they? They're they're supervised, you know. JAIs they have to do those annually. So, but they get the chance to do theirs during uh, JCS events or you know particularly exercises versus rodeos and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, um, and, and I guess that for me that's why I, I I harp on the training piece because. Um, we got to find a way to incorporate a training process or a training system to where um, we are we're getting we're getting the best bang for our buck at the same time certifying that, that individuals can can be left alone to do major tasks because uh, when I when I started doing this in 2002 uh, by the time I was a A1C uh, I was I, I was I was trusted to a certain extent. I was trusted to do so much of, of a task that we won't even allow uh, our senior airmen and staff sergeants to do these days. Yeah, and it, it's, it's it's even it's even going going farther to the to point of deployments. How how many how many law planners do you know personally deploy as a law planner as A one C? None. None. I have, Which I, I, I have a decoration as an A1C because I deployed the AUD as a law plan. Yeah, well, 2009, um, I was supposed to have a staff of three NCOs, three NCOs, no, four NCOs and me, and I had one NCO and three airmen. And then that's when the, what was it? The bird flu or whatever happened. And I had half of a, half of a quarantined. Oh, are we talking about COVID? Talking about COVID. We're going quarantine. 24 hour, 24 hour ops. I had one A1C on, or one senior airman on the day shift, one on the night shift. And I said, you guys, when a plane comes in, I'll be in. <laughs> so you'll see me so, then. <laughs> so, so you wouldn't happen to be talking about a maybe a Nathan Godet or a, a, a Nathan Meadows? Would yeah. You? <laughs> so, Meadows, so you Meadows went to tech school with me. Me and him graduated tech school together. It, so, so fun fact. So I was actually Meadows was I, fun. I, You probably don't. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't remember, but I was on a rat team when you were out at that location. Oh, yeah. And so I went I went out there. Oh, I can't remember who was there. <sighs> who else was on the rat team with me? There might have been a Johnny Ellis. Yeah, I think Ellis, jo Ellis was yeah. there with me. Yeah, it was me, Ellis, um, and I don't remember who else. But, yes, I remember being a part of your team. So I actually came back out for the second rat team with Terrazas, who was on the last episode, and we did the turnover between you and the, oh, yeah. in, and the team that was – 
Yeah, yeah. So I remember. I remember being so in that Elaine, damn tent. Elaine was there. Uh, yeah. Connor. So you remember the yep. video? Yes, I remember the video. <laughs> that was my my um, idea. <laughs> that was good though, because you had people that just had been flying. Some of them for the first time away from their families. Right? They flew halfway across the world, and they're sitting there. They're tired. They're hungry. They're pissed. And how easy was it for him to say, hey, sit down, watch this 10-minute video. We're about to tell you what your life's going to look like for the next 30 yeah. minutes, right? And it, and it went through. And that was good. It, it, those were all – yeah, th- those were all really good things. We, we, um, uh, yeah, we did the same thing. Um, we developed a video, like a, uh, like a induction video, in, in, introductory video, induction video, AR induction video when um, – when I was at uh, when I was in my first deployment in 2004, like they did this DVD, and then uh, basically they gave it to like Atlas and all of those guys. And whenever they like right before they got ready to land, they played the video so people can understand, you know, what's expected from from um, AMC when you get off the plane as far as immigrations. We literally did a, a whole like a, almost everything you would do prior to getting to the uh, reception tent. And that and that's what and that's what these guys did. And it was yeah, what do you expect? What yeah. can I expect for that? Yeah, we did we did yeah, okay. we did that, uh we did that same we did the same thing in two thousand four. And you wanna know why I had to do that? Because why? Meadows was not very good at Excel. <laughs> and so <laughs> he was always like before the plane was getting there, he was, work, you know, trying to get all of like the trying to figure out who the lead was and all this. And I'm like, I can't have somebody over here briefing. So I got to figure out a way to be able to have a briefer and him being able to be able to work, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I what us y'all, y'all you guys, we were lucky with us, with us because Donna Andrews who pretty much scripted the whole entry theater process when she was uh, working at that Oh, Aspen. I love Donna. We, oh, she did God. all our briefings. The only thing we had to do was she came in, she gave us, this is who's going where, where, X, Y, and Z. And then I would sit back there in the reception tent and and, and build the slides with everybody's names on it. Uh, and and we, we had Donna Andrews and, uh, and, and Senior Perry at the time. Uh, I don't Y'all probably lost out on that because we had some really good people that was doing everything for us from from the absent perspective. Yeah, yeah, I love her, Donna. She, um, hey, just so just a quick check. So we're at f- about forty already? minutes right now. So yeah, <laughs> already? already, man, already. Man. This state's spit, man. Hey, so real quick, you got me earlier with that freaking post you put on Facebook about uh, Colin Kaepernick coming back. I uh, I looked at it and I was like yeah, I responded to it and I'm like you know what what are the chances it, it this is fake and then I go I look fake I was, I was it was fake it was fake and, I, and people, it's fake news I said so what I'm leaving it up there just just for the just for the pure entertainment I'm leaving it up there he ain't coming back without, not, this is not April Fools yes <laughs> no and I posted on there and I was like oh I'd like to have this conversation and then I look and then I posted and I went to go check ESPN I was like that's weird it's not on there. And then I went back and then I saw when people were like, that's fake. And I was like, hey, ah, so you, you want to know yeah. what I want to talk about, though? You know what I want to talk about? I was What's so up? anxious to talk about this. And I put this on Facebook as well. I want to talk about, I want to talk about AF Online. Oh, let's do it. What are your thoughts, man? Um, you asking me or are you asking? Uh, 
Uh, well, both of you. Well, both of, of you. course. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the guests go first because that's that's um, you know that's respectable. Yeah. What about AF online bracelet? So <laughs> you see, I she just you see, I she just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I it back I at you. I was waiting to throw the sucker punch. Uh, oh, so, so um, when you you posted on AF online, I mean not AF, you posted about AF online talking about it as far as you know being more educated on it, so on and so forth from a law Princeton. And like Gonzo says, like you know, I'm I'm thinking she's looking at it from a more of an IPR is this IPR type stuff. So um, when when the when the AF online uh, Air Force deployment folder electronic deployment folder stuff came came online uh, back in was it was it when was I when was I in California 15 16 one of those years and first thing I did was hey I'm a law planner I need to understand I need to know what's going on I need to have an admin account. First thing, first thing, first thing, first thing um, AMPC said was, nope, we ain't giving law planners admin rights uh, because, the, the, you know, we're going to we're going to limit how many people have administrative rights. Well, they were you like, can now. And, and, you know, like I said, long time, long, long time known here. But then that was only given to the IDO and they were giving it to IPR. So when um, when. Retired chief. When I talked to retired chief Sullivan, who, by the way, was my uh, command chief when I was at Eighth Air Force at Parkdale, um, we kind of broke it down. It's like yeah, it makes sense. This this does need to be an IPR thing, and IPR does need to be training UDMs on how to effectively use um, the AF online and, and their deployment folder and stuff like that. So then all of a sudden, I started hearing that law planners were, you know, being the lead on, you know, getting UDMs. Uh, up, uh, trained and attic, uh, you know, equipped to be able to manage a the AF online products, and I was like, "Wait a minute, why are why are why are, why are law planners doing this?" When you know, when I initially spoke to spoke to the person who developed this whole system, and basically he when he broke down the, the thought logic and concept of it, like where are the IPRs at in this process? What are they doing, and why are law planners taking the lead on this? So. IDOs are responsible for UDMs to be trained and commanders to be trained. Um, that is in 10403. Ooh, right. Yeah, and the but the log IDOs, planners yeah. were not did not they're in the next 10403 log planners are gonna be able to have access. IDOs are the only ones that have access, and I did have that um, conversation, too. I'm like, well, I'm the one that's going to have to give the training as the IDO, and I don't even know. I didn't even get training. So I right. had to get on the – I had to – Mr. Sullivan gave me the training, but you know how I really learned how um, it worked is I actually did a audit on all 1,300 records of Shriver, the EAFDF, EDRC for the whole base. And that's how I really figured out what was what. So. So you mean to tell me you had some personnelers that didn't even know? Um, RIPRs, they only know what they do as far as processing the record for deployment. And so, so we, I actually, we have to train them on what their responsibilities are too. What? 
Okay, so 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 I got a question though. So but it really I want to make sure FSS that we're very clear training their people on their portion of the IPR piece. Can I come work for you? Can oh, I come oh, work for you? Okay. <laughs> well, so so hold on. I, I want you to I want you to clarify when you say we, you are a retired log planner, but you're currently filling the mm -hmm. assistant IDO. So when you say we, right. who are you talking about? We. Well, I think. Uh, for me, when I say we, because IPR is part of our office, yes. I, I, I count them as we. They're part of the IDRC. So yeah. that's why I would train them is I take care of people. That's just how I am. I mean, we could go, we could go no, back to no, the it, FSS it, commander and say, we need you to train your people. <laughs> but really, is that a good working relationship? So No, no, man. And ma'am, and I and I don't mean it as we as in here's what I mean by that, right? So you've already stated, and it is currently it is gospel, it is truth, that the responsibility to provide training to a unit deployment manager and all of the tools that go along with that is that of the installation deployment officer, not of the log plan shop. So when you say so you are an assistant IDO now, right? So if you want to then take that guidance and delegate it down to your either your plan uh either your plans yes. and program section right or your or your installation deployment readiness cell yes you can do that so clarify so in your opinion should it be the log planners providing the training that bracely brought up the you know your your af yes, online resource because they're the ones that are going to be hand in hand with the udms but the UDM should be the ones responsible to make sure that their units, EAFDFs, are completed. We should just be able to show them what the system does and where, you know, what to look for in the system as far as what's missing and what, you know, is auditing it, showing them what to look for. Just doing the familiarization training with them. And, and for and, and for me, so two two things. First things first is um, I, I am I am one of those individuals who think that the plans and integration and IDRC are separate entities. I think that when you I think that law planners augment the IDRC just like every like just like IPR and TMO and twos. So Correct. I think that whoever's Correct. so I'm gonna go even step further. I think that. It's the IDRC's responsibility because at that point they belong to the IDO. I think it's the IDRC. When I say IDRC, I think it's you know functionality wise. I think it's a uh, I think it's a personnel first, and then a law plan secondary to lead the training on familiarization of of um, of the AF online components as far as the the, ED, the EDC and uh, certain other components when you're talking about uh, the the commander's toolkit with the with the whole thing with the familiarization, mainly because, um, for the most part, and, and this is this is the cool thing about what we do is every base is unique and every base is different. This is why this discussion is great, um, and we're, we're all speaking from our experiences. Um, how many log planners need to be in need to be in or should be in ADF? AF online for the, uh, the deployment purposes when you're talking UDMs, because I, I think that should be a shared responsibility 
when you're talking when you're talking about the life for instance, my UDM going through my deployment process, my UDM, my UDM don't even talk to law plans about anything that goes on with the EDC, EDRC, EDC, exhibition deployment checklist, uh, electronic deployment checklist. My UDM, my UDM doesn't don't talk to anybody, but I PR. Well, I PR that. Now we do UDM training, so that's part of the UDM training. Is we talk about AEF online and the EDRC, AFDFs. But so it, the it, thing it, is, it, you say every base is unique. Right. You haven't. Have you been to Shriver? No, I haven't. Okay, so there's an IDO. There's an assistant IDO, and then I have. I'm only authorized one log planner right now. I have three. And then we have IPR to IPR. So and, and I, so when you guys do UDM training, does does IPR get, do 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 a part of the training, or you guys train by IPR? Right now, our IPR doesn't do any of the training, even though that I would like them to. I guess so. That's why. That's why I was at. What the, that's why I was asking the questions. That's why I was stating the questions, the statements, the way I was stating it. Because again, every base is different. Because a base I was previously at, IPR didn't give training either. But I had an issue with a law planner. To, you know, even though we we conceptually know IPR's job. I had an issue with a lot of planners talking about IPR stuff because what what we've experienced in the past was if somebody went if somebody something went wrong, the IPR would play mommy versus daddy, and yeah. and, and 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 would be like, well, I didn't give you them. We don't give you them training. The loggies do. So whatever loggies said, as far oh, no. as far as what IPR, <laughs> as far as what IPR duties are, we don't know what they say because we're not we're not in the, involved in the training. And I'm like, no, you need to be because you're part of the team. And if you're like, we invite we invite medical to come in and talk about medical stuff. We invite uh, security to come in and talk about, I mean, not security, but OSI, talk about OS, the OSI-specific stuff. We invite the 2T2s to come in and talk about incoming monitor training and pallet and that, stuff like that. We bring those individuals in. Why are we, ta- why are we teaching IPR stuff? Yes, we are currently um, working on our UDM training. Let me say that. So, so, so here's what I'll ask. Right? not the only base that does it. Because like, like I said, I've I, I been at a base where IPR didn't even do anything. It had anything to do with training. You know, a lot of plans. Well, I would really love for them to just come do like a mock initial brief with them. And that would be part of it because that would go through that so that yeah. they wouldn't understand. Because right now I was like, you guys, even during the initial brief, they don't go through AF online. I said, I want you to have them log in and know that they go to AF online, that they sign up for their reporting instructions and updates and stuff like that so that we know that they are getting them. So that's what I, I, we are trying to push our IPR to do. So, but, but for the most part, though, it, I think I get your, your, your mindset. Law players are quarterbacks. Yes. And so as a quarterback, um, I played quarterback in high school. And when, when I stepped on when I stepped on the field, I knew if, if a play was coming, I knew my I knew where if, I, if my guard was pulling, I knew which, which direction my guard was pulling. If my tackle was was uh, was, was locking down on on a, on a nose tackle or a nose guard, 
I knew who my tackle, I, who my tackle was really uh, pulling off the line and going get the linebacker. I knew that. I knew what route every one of my receivers were taking. I knew what the tight end was supposed to do. I knew what the fullback was supposed to do. And I knew what the the, uh, the tailback was supposed to do. So from a lot, I get what she's saying. Uh, from you know understanding the AF online, uh, AF online uh, process and, and being in, being intimate with it and having the full knowledge because at the end of the day, um, you know we. Oh, I hate saying this. We 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 augment the IDO. I'm saying I'm, I'm using these words carefully. We augment the IDO as log planners because we also rotate in and out of the deployment section, uh, so that we need to be able right. to support whatever the vision and and identity of that IERC. You know, and we got to understand the IDRC that's is not log plans. I, I, but that's IERC. where my log planners it, 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 are. Are and correct. My log planners are in the IDRC, so. And it's probably so. And and yeah, yes. that's studio that's manning. Yeah, that's studio manning, right? And and that's and that's fine. So so here's what I'll here's what I'll add, right? And I'll and I'll tip on little fam hat right now. So, what you guys? Oh, so here before I say that, man, here's what I'll ask: after we get done with the podcast, or whenever we have time, send me your ideas on what a proper UDM training program should look like, right? And here's why I say that. So Chief Griffith brought this up a couple of podcasts ago. Right now, excuse me, we're looking at creating standardized training for our wings, right? Total force. One of the main dry, one of the main parts mm-hmm. of that is going to be UDM training, right? And so um, we were hoping to have it done by this summer, but of course the COVID has made it hard, uh, uh, put a stop on that. But one of my main, not main, main goals, one of my goals when I get back to the building here, uh, well, shit, as soon as we get Bracely out here <laughs> to replace me, is going to be to continue to work with our folks who are leading that for us uh, to get that developed, right? And get that out to the community, get that out to the family, put it in your guys' hands. Also, um, I'm lucky enough and privileged enough right now to work alongside the other fams from the different AFSCs. So here's what I can offer you guys. I'm not going to promise it, but I I will be as annoying as I can to these other functionals. I'm going to go to the personnel functional, especially the personnel functional who's a SME in readiness. I'm going to go to the public health and the medical readiness functional. And I'm going to go to them and say, hey, we're going to create this standardized training that is aimed at making your people's lives easier. I need you guys to back it. I need you guys to provide feedback on it. And when we send it out to the wings, I need you guys to be willing to step up and, and support us and say, hey, yeah, all the different entities that make up the mobility machine, you need to be providing training and it needs to be standardized, right? Because at the end of the day, medical readiness at whatever wing you go to, they all still process via the same system, right? IPR, a final out's a final out, an initial deployment briefings and initial deployment briefing i don't care if you're at seymour or shriver so that's what we're working towards so we're trying to get there man and i will promise you as much as i can in my last two years there in the seat i'm going to talk with uh mr sweet and anything we're trying to do we need to codify that and put it in our afi so that you don't have to have a conversation with your ipr on whether or not they should they be should, training yeah no they're gonna train they but, should but, train that and that's gonna part. be sure. and uh, uh, is they do uh, like a virtual checklist for AORs. Mm. Mm. See, and, and I agree. Just just like yes. we do it, 
when we uh, PCS, right? We, we do people, I got you. So here's what's no, tough about that. Tough. And this is, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and then I'll get off my high horse. Well, it, so here's, so here's why I will tell you, ma'am. Right. So I will say it's tough in that not all of the, all of the AORs will all work for the same entity. Right. However, each AOR, it's not the freaking F, the AFSENT or the freaking RSENT or the South F or the, uh, you know, you safety folks that are running that. Um, it's joints, the J directorates. Yeah. It's the J one, right. That's coming. It, it's the joint. So um, while we can't advocate for it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to say, Hey, all J ones, we need you to be uniformed and all adopt an online checklist, which I'll, I'll, I'll take Bracey's words. That's inputting common sense into it. Right. <laughs> but uh but can't the air force but that's tough one? i mean uh so but again so this is the thing okay and this this will align with why 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 i disagree with 403 and certain certain aspects of 403 i think that whatever the in process in processing requirements for whatever aor like so the same way we have LOIs and movement guidance for each AOR, and we have to follow, uh, we have to follow those movement guidance, and then uh, four or three almost contradicts, you know, what some of those movement guidance guidances are out there say. I think that the J, if the J ones put out that information, the Air Force, uh, I know the Air Force got to put the Air Force's, you know, smell on it or whatever, but it shouldn't fray from whatever that that J1's expectations, minimum expectations is for a person to do whatever. And sometimes I think we I think we make it so complicated because we but, want to make everything so Air Force. Well, well oh, so here's what I'll add, Bracely. Okay, but what J1? Right now, Mike Sullivan and crew have went on there and said, hey, at a minimum, everything listed in the uh, EDRC, right, or, or, or EDAF, Right, expressionary right. deployment, or, you know, folder. That's regardless of where you're going. If you are an Air Force member or a civilian supporting the Air Force requirement, at a minimum, you will have all of this. So that is codified. Where it gets tricky is that when we, especially when we start talking about movement, and Chris brought this up on episode three, and you have got locations. And so, and just to correct me if I'm wrong, ma'am, what you're asking is, hey. How could we have one universal checklist that, of, you know, that would work for all AORs? And, and that's tough. And that's tough. I think we and so I think we've done a good job with the Air Force. I don't, I don't, I don't think you have one it's, universal. Yeah, it's tricky. I think you have every, you have AOR checklist and, and, and we have them to a certain, certain extent, but this is what I think. So like for me, for instance, me going to, going to CENTCOM, right? Oh my gosh. When I Eight say items not applicable that are not applicable. There you go. She took the words right out of my mouth. She took the dude, <laughs> dude, the amount of training I had to do just to come to Florida. I was irritated. Like, are you seriously making me go do this? Are you seriously like, and, and, and it would, it wouldn't, well, it wouldn't like Kim warfare. Okay, cool. I know I might afford to play. Got it. Whatever. But it was some stuff, certain things, like it's almost it's, it was almost like a it was almost like a 
uh, because my, you know, because my, my line marks say may, may move forward, some of that stuff should have been like, you know, just in time while I'm in Florida based off of where I'm going to a specific location because I know for a fact that I'm not, I, I know for a fact that the checklist that I, I use, checks they had me use, doesn't cover the location, any locations I could potentially go forward to. <laughs> hey, man, look, all I'm saying is, uh, I, based on my what five months here, I'm about to add another train on there, man. About to add a uh, uh, white claw uh, and Tiger King. Never mind. <laughs> nope, not gonna say it. Uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm like, boy, hey, hey this is what kind of hey, this is what kind of me and Cynthia. We see you eye need, to eye when hey, we're talking about need, beverage choice because because that stuff you drinking. Now nah, I'm I'm with Cynthia. So <laughs> you. No, hey man, look. Have, let me ask you. I, I, you had the ruby grape. Everyone, on, and you know what it tastes ruby like. Grape. It tastes like somebody. It tastes like somebody poured. Uh, so I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real country and real old on this one. Yeah, and my wife said this. My wife said this too, and I totally agree with her. So she said it tastes like. Y'all remember the the sugar in the blue packet? Was it sweet, sweet and low, whatever they call it? It wasn't sugar, but it tastes like sugar. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. Ta it tastes like poison. So basically, it took like it tastes like somebody took a carbonated beverage, carbonated water, put a put just a, a smidge of fruit syrup in there, and, and, and doused it with that <laughs> with that, sweet, that sweet and low uh, sugar. No, I'm not drinking that. That thing gave me a headache. This is like Nah, man. No, nah, this stuff's hey, this is like uh, it's better than Jamba Juice, man. It's like you know, low carbs. <laughs> Love it. Love it, man. But uh <laughs> but all right, guys, we've been going for an hour Ooh, now. So hey, what haven't we covered so, that we I, wanted I, to talk I, about? I, oh, I'm oh, sorry. I, I will uh, say this. I, about... I am I am so I, I, I know I, I was like I was I totally disagree. Uh, the reason I agree with having access to AF online and having the admin having the administrator rights, even when Chief Sullivan broke it down to me, I was okay with not having it because I you know I have this I have this love I had this minor love but super hate relationship with personnelists and I you know I just feel like they always pack they always get a chance to pass their job off on other people. And I was so adamant about making the person other be responsible for people for for a change. Uh, but at the same time, um, when when law planners go into the IDRC, we 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 augment the IDO. We we don't, we're the only ones that can almost we can we we can, we are lockstep and eye to eye and link in. We understand what the IDO's role is, which is why a lot of us are able to retire and step into a civilian IDO position. So I, I agree from a from a standpoint of law planners are quarterbacks, and they need to be, they need to have a full understanding of how to facilitate through the system, and uh, and then we need to just figure out how to way to establish that relationship with IPR, you know, owns what IPR is supposed to own. Well, on a program management point, my log planners yeah. need to be able to go in there and be able to audit and yeah. tell my UDMs whether or not yeah. their program able to. Agree. Whoa, 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 okay. Whoa, I agree wait, with that. Well, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. Okay, okay. Well, wait a minute. 
if I'm the superintendent or if I, let's say yes. I'm a log planner at your base, man, working for you. And you're like, Hey, you need to be able to go in there and audit and make sure that our UDMs are doing what they should be doing on there. What are you going to say when I turn around and say like, actually, according to 403, you need to be able to do that. Now, if you want me to help, you know, if you want me to know about it, man, yeah, all this. day, I'm going to know about yeah, I got this one. But ultimately, it's your I responsibility. I will ask them to do that for me, Fifty. but I know Fifty. how to do it. Fifty, I got this one. Fifty, don't you worry about it. But I would it's, like to train my the people so that they could learn to be an IDO one day, too. I'm just it's, mentoring them. It's at the IDO's discretion, Gonzo. It's at the IDO's And, and, and I got that. And I agree with that. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But here's what I'll here's offer you, man. So if you're asking me to do that, in a perfect world, if I'm caught up on all my core training tasks and I've, my subordinates and my trainees are all caught up on their core training tasks and they're able to execute that with little, or, you know, based on rank and skill level, you know, appropriate, and all of my plans and programs are up to date, and everything I'm doing in the office is up to date. Yes, by exactly. all means, ask me to do that. But but what I want to but but that's not reality. And I and I, I shit I haven't been out of an IG inspection ever. But I wonder out of the X hundred number of bases that we have right now, how many of them do you think have everything in order? So should I, as a log planner, have to know on behalf of the IDO and their responsibility? whether or not the AAF online is up to date or whether it's correct. Is there other things I could be worrying about? You know, so, so that, that, that's why I say it from that perspective, you know, uh, and I say it from the perspective you have to manage of how do your we resources. limit the amount of yep. additional stuff that our cleaners give me? Okay, but, but, but okay, I got it, but I got true. it. That is such a great response. Hey, manager, manager resources make time. None of us, besides you, ma'am, are at the wing. Bracely, you and I haven't been at the wing for a few years. What if managing extra time means I'm keeping me because and Because you're not managing like, your time? Why should I'm I have not, to do I'm that? I'm not saying you're not. But where, <laughs> I, where I'm oh, sitting. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about Juicy oh, Tim. I'm talking about this guy, Gazzo. If keeping people <laughs> if they're late, you're not managing your time. Honestly, like, so so, so, so we have situations where- nope. It's a it's a it's a must. Like you have to. Like I was talking to I ain't, I ain't gonna go into detail, but I was talking to Looney today, and you know people had you know she has some they, they got some real world stuff going on where some situations re require uh, like a wing commander may get something or a squad commander may get something that's that answer needs to be be dealt be be given to them to be able to to be able to digest and present to wing commander or the MSG commander first thing in the morning. Or there may be something. There may be some something come down to where, uh, like what 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 JBS what JBSA is doing, sending out medical equipment. Like it's it's like sometimes staying at work late means that you know it's 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 some very important things that, that need to get done. Like when I say very important things, not not because you mismanage your time, it's because uh, because probably the timing of the task or the probably the severity of the requirement, the mission. The, the the mission requires it. And I get it. I get it, Bracely. And I wish if I was a Pokemon master right now, I'd go and I'd reach in my back pocket and I'd roll out the Rachel Kegley card right now, baby. Because <laughs> she would love to hear you say that about log planners managing their time. Got it. 
But again, so, I'm going to always go back to our core competencies. If what you're, t- if, if I could be doing anything else other than the additional stuff that an IDO or assistant IDO wants so to levy first, on me, why for, would I be doing it? First off, God, why would I not focus? I probably first? would not ahead, even put it on them if I can do it myself. For something that's more priority, that's not going to get done. The only time I've done an audit is I only did an audit because I wanted to see where we were at. And it's not like it's written in guidance when we do audits. But I will tell you, our readiness has gone up since I've done an audit. Yes. So it would be only, we would only do an audit. Like I've told my UDMs, but don't tell them this. Like, they're like, how often are you going to do this? And only if the IG asks me, and only if you ask me, because we don't have it written in guidance right now. If we put it in guidance, then we're going to have to hold ourselves accountable to that. We don't know if we'll have the manpower to do that, right? So. No, and, and and I understand that. And I say that because. There have been multiple conversations, and we had this a little before the, the podcast started. There are IDR – I'm sorry. There's plans and integration sections, right, around the Air Force that have log planners. And I, and I can personally vouch for this. Log planners who are getting transportation requests directly from the UDMs and requesting transportation through TMO or whoever they have, whatever section, right? And it's like, oh, cool, man. It's like, hey, oh, if I go over there and I talk with you guys, you guys must have – you guys must be shit hot on every one of your core competencies, all your training shit hot, and you just have so much extra time that your IDO or assistant IDO have you doing this. And that's not the case. It's just through personality or whatever's happening, our log planners are being task-saturated so with stuff that is not their responsibility. And it's tough. So now, now I'm a travel agent. Now I, and, and you know, people come and, and I, this wasn't my belief the whole time. It's my, my two past bosses that have taught me about it or ingrained it into me. It's like, Hey, when it comes to transportation, anything transportation related, we got AFSCs that handle ground and air. What the hell do I care about transportation boy? I'll tell you when they need to be there, how they're going to get there. Yeah. Otherwise that's all you, you go do all that other crap. You know, so anyways, I say it from that perspective and I, and I, and I think we'll get, I know Bracely definitely wants to hit on log planners getting hit with duties that is outside of our lane and future podcasts, but uh, no, yeah, I was, you that. brought it up. So, well, but the thing about that. like her again, like, like I said before, every base is unique, every base has its own situation. And I, I believe based off of the way they're man, it's almost, it's almost like all hands on deck, regardless of. What your what's your bad what's your functional badge uh, says is pretty much all of hands on deck mentality, and I would uh, you know I would argue that if anybody say that a law planner at that particular location and in certain other locations that's like that's built like that or set up like that, I would argue that mentality that I would, I would stand up and fight for that argument that hey, I saw that base pass, and the sad part about it is that base is probably. Even, I'm, I'm not saying straight, but they basically probably incorrectly man based off of their their what their task with their task are with their now and present day task are, and their UMV probably doesn't match what it should. 
based off of their now and current tasks and future tasks are, uh, but they, they're making do with whatever they have. Well, we're just an LRF. We're not even a squadron. You are fly. You said you're LRF. So, yeah, we're not even a squadron. We're a flight. Under what? Under what squadron group? Under what? Well, what's a what squadron are you in? We're under a flight. We're under a MSG, and we're just a LRF, logistic readiness uh, flight. Uh, we don't even th- have a we don't have a vehicle ops. Got it. We have like a mobility and we have like a small um, cargo screening area. There's no flight line on our base. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So so I thought, I thought there was a flight line. I've only been through Shriver. Yeah. No, it was Buckley. Nope. It was Buckley. Buckley has the, uh, the guard 16 unit, right? I don't know. I think. Or reserve unit there. Which one's closer to Denver? Yeah. Buckley, okay, yeah. That's the one I've been to. God, that's a beautiful yeah, area, too. too. I love Colorado. <sighs> so beautiful. Hey, anyways, all right. So, guys, where are we at right now? Uh, okay. <laughs> We're almost at an hour and 15 minutes. So, are we done, guys? Is there anything else we want to talk about? We can be done. We've solved all the problems. We, in le- the Air we Force left a lot episode, to be discussed. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and so, hey, so, so, ma'am, I'll say something real quick, and then, and then you, you, uh, you have your final uh, what you want to pass on to the family, and then Bracel closes out. But one thing that we're going to look at doing uh, doing for the next podcast is doing a live podcast, and we're not really going to ask for any specific guests. We're going to do a test run on another platform called Podbean, and we're basically going to put the link up, and then people are going to be able to call in or chime in, or you're going to be able to put chat and put que- or, or in the chat box, put questions for us. And the reason we're looking at doing that is I know a lot of the podcasts that we've recorded so far, you hear us talking over each other. We're not doing it during the podcast, but it's the final product is the, the recording itself that does it. I reached out to the anchor folks. And uh, and basically came back and said, hey, yeah, it's a known issue. Can't do anything about it. So uh, with the live podcast, we'll be able to take call-ins. I think we can get up to five people at a time that can call in. and um, But it can also be recorded, and we'll upload it just like this. So uh, more okay. to follow. Brayson and I will post the link on when we're going to do that first show. Uh, next up, I yeah. believe we have – who do we have coming up? Kaylee Champion? Bracely, I mean, is our next one up. And uh, I'll have to send you – I think I sent you the topics if I hadn't – or have not already, I'll send it to you. But uh, when she sent it to me, I was like, good Lord. If she's able to do half of the topics that she wants to talk about, she'll be the freaking uh, guest of the year. Because uh, she has some pretty in-depth uh, stuff. And so I'm excited for that. Um, but anyways, all right, I'll stop. Thank you guys. Man, you guys have a lot of passion for the career out? field, and I appreciate it. Um, you bring a lot to the table. You know, you're going to help others face some challenges while also sharing like a lot of experiences. And when I was in the military, I don't think we did this. I felt we didn't do this with our peers. So I really appreciate it. So thanks for having me. So go ahead. Go ahead, Gonzo. No, thank you. Thank you. No, no, I'll say, yeah, no, thank you for being on here. I mean, 
we want, and I know Bracely has said this before on the page, we want our log planners. And we say old school, but no, nah, I, I don't want to, old school is maybe the, right, the wrong term. I want the log planners who are doing this before we did it. I want to hear from people. We want to hear from people that had to deliver this career field in different times. Right. And so, cause I, I, what log planners were asked to do in the eighties is different. What they were asked to do in the nineties, different in the two thousands and it's different than now. So um, thank you for coming on here and giving your perspective. Hey, and thank you for coming back to the family and being able to still, even though it's probably not in your, your uh, job description no, you, that you have to help welcome. log planners and develop them. Thank you for still doing that. So we appreciate that. This is what I'm going to say. One of the things, one of the things I would say is this is probably for out of all seven episodes. I think I probably appreciate this episode most because, uh, because, um, because of the because of the particular guest. Uh, so I'm I'm grateful that that we had Jerome, uh, Cynthia because um, I'm I'm all about. It's funny I say this. Getting promoted, every time I got promoted, I, I literally questioned what like what mentality or what mindset or what form of presentation do I do I, do I need to change about myself because of because of my next elevation, right? So uh, what this podcast has done is helped me become more open minded about who I am as a leader uh, in the in the in the Air Force, not just the curriculum, but the Air Force. The second is um, it has forced me to uh, be uncomfortable with with change, and you know because I'm so passionate about the career field, and I'm so passionate about what we're doing and the direction we're going. Um, I'm I'm actually utilizing this podcast to go, to be to be to expose myself to just shifting my mentality on how to be more flexible about what it is we do. So I'm I'm very appreciative of this this podcast, this episode, particular episode because we were talking about a particular item that I despise, and uh, I was looking forward to sh- I was looking forward to talking with somebody to shift my mindset on why, and you did shift my mindset. So I appreciate this conversation. Yeah, no problem. You guys need to talk ever, and not just about AF online anything. I'm always available. You can look me up. I'm the only Cynthia Chef on the on on the global. Definitely, definitely. Hey, well, everybody, thanks for logging in. Thanks for listening to it's us, out. and uh, everybody, stay safe. Take care of you and your loved ones. We're out. <laughs>